Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and tonight I'm joined by Ed and Ben. Hi guys. Hi guys. All right. Um, so tonight we're just going to follow our usual format and that will review last weekend's game against Strasbourg and we'll also give a preview for next week's match against Lyon, um, the big derby. And we'll also run through any relevant news stories over the last week. And finally, just because it's nearly 20 years now this week since the anniversary of um, the 1999 UEFA Cup final, we'll also have a look back to that match, give our thoughts about that season and, well, that match, sorry. Um, So, yeah, I think we'll just get started, guys, and um, move on to um, the first item in the agenda. So, um, Friday night's match against Strasbourg, Marseille were away. Um, Started the game quite well, but unfortunately, um, could finished poorly with a 1-1 draw how did you find the game guys? Um, <laughs> nothing really to say apart from the fact it was fucking shit um, Rami again just pretty well liability is I don't know what he does before every game but he's clearly better against Marseille in his accumulators because it was shit but I feel we found something out on Friday and I feel this is a point let's stop getting on Valerie Germain back he scores goals he puts his effort in he did a lot better than the so-called stars of the team who did nothing. I really believe Valerie Germain deserves a lot of respect for what he did on Friday and I will applaud him for that. I'm not the most praise of the guy, but he played well. As for the rest of them, as to Garcia, it's the same old shit. It's a different day. Just pathetic. It's the sub- it's that- That's what all I can say about this season. Pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. Okay. Ben, have you got any- <laughs> anything else to add to that? Well, I guess yeah, the, the same the same line. But I, I, it, it, you just knew from the, from the game. You just knew, and I think you guys touched on it on, in last week's pods when when we played Nantes, and it, the game started, and you just knew that it, Marseille would would look to take the initiative and then fizzle out. And teams do it to us at home and away now. They know that they can leave us the possession because we're, we're clueless and we're not going to do anything with it. And they just seem to content themselves by sitting deep, blocking the wings, because they know we're, we're just going to resort to the same old plan, which is give it to the, the full-backs and, and try and cross it into the box for, for no striker or, or Balotelli when he is on the pitch. And then, yeah, they, they teams know that if they if they press us in midfield and get the ball back early, they, they'll get chances and they, they will score goals. So... Um, I think you know the, the big the big talking points. Um, apologies if this is one of them, Steph, that you're, you're going to bring up in a minute. But the, the, the tactic again, it just comes out of nowhere. And, and you know, I think I think it was flagged before the game that it was Rudy Garcia's 40th different team sheet of the season. For fuck's sake, I mean, you know that that does not inspire confidence, and, and that's that explains why we are where we are. It, it, he still doesn't know what his best eleven is, and he clearly doesn't have a clue how to how to set this team up defensively because we concede the same sloppy goals from mistakes and, and again, another penalty. Mm, yeah, and um, that is an interesting point about the, the number of times the lineups changed over the last year and it's uh, it's particularly around midfield as well. I, I, I've always kind of felt this season that I don't really know who our best midfield's meant to be or who our, you know, with everyone fit, who our starting midfield is. Um, and surely that's got to have an impact on the, the the confidence of the team, you know, and the stability of the team. Yeah, yeah, and the partnerships of the players that do play together, because the the whole point of players playing consistently and having a, a consistent starting eleven is that the system stays the same. They find each other with their eyes closed, etc. And 
Friday night, they they just looked, you know, I think the, the bright start left us a little bit. And maybe it's because Strasbourg weren't, weren't fully in the game yet. But And then you, it, it just turned into a comedy show almost at the back because you could tell that the Rami was lost, completely short of match fitness. And the other players around him were, were sort of struggling to know where to position themselves in that back three. Mm. I'm just going to say one more thing. The great teams that play football, the great club sides, even the teams that win league championships get in the Champions League, they don't make fucking 40 different team sheets. I mean, this is farcical. 40 different team sheets. Can he not make his mind up and decide, hmm, OK, he played all right, he played all right, I'll keep him in five games, then I'll get injured or then go out for I'll switch him around. Does he just have a chalkboard every day and has them all in like top jump style cars? And he has to swirl them around and decide, OK, he's going here, he's going here, he's going here, he's going here. Oh, shit, I put Kaleta Carr in the midfield. Oh, well, no problem. I'll just stick Gustavo at centre-back for shits and giggles. That's just that's just Rudy's mentality. And I think, really, he should walk the plank at the end of the season. And I'll say it again and again. He should walk the plank and go at somewhere else. Just leave this club alone. You've damaged it enough. Well, hold that thought, because we will, that will come up again later on about the, the future of the manager um, and the news stories. But um, that's a really good point, actually. And... Um, I kind of felt that, um, you know, that kind of tinkering around with players a lot, you know, um, again, just talking about the season generally than, than the actual game, but um, it can, you kind of maybe get the feeling that like either Garcia, either he's not getting on with everyone or he doesn't trust everyone and it's like he's moving people and, you know, he's changing the personnel because he's, well, he doesn't have faith in some of the players. Yeah, it does. It does come across a bit personal, and it certainly was. I have no doubt in my mind anymore that it was when he benched um, Gustavo and Payet for a prolonged period over over February and March. Um, it, it's just it, it's he's doing it backwards. It's very strange in in the sense that you just know. Not normally the way it's supposed to work, and the way it did work last season is that. We, we knew what our game plan was and we knew how we were going to break an opponent down and, and the different phases of progression in our tactic and, and the way we were going to you know, get the ball up the pitch and get it into and create chances. And, and this season, regardless of who the 11 has been, I don't think from a, for probably apart from three or four games tops, I certainly haven't seen us set out to create chances in a consistent manner Break opponents down, adapt to the opponent, and, and try and you know try and shuffle things a bit. And mm. Rudy, yes, I think he is picking his lineups, and, and it certainly shows with the five at the back. You go away to places Hasbro where, where you're, you're probably not expecting much from the game anyway. None of us were. Let's face it. I mean, it, it's one of the, it's been one of the, the toughest places to, to get points this season for any team. Mm. And um, despite that, he, he sets up. And regardless of who he puts in the lineup or not, it's it's just no chances get created because there's no game plan, there is no tactic. Wouldn't you have? Because um, maybe you won't agree with me, but I actually felt that up until maybe the last thirty minutes, I thought that I thought we were going to win. To be honest, like I will at least well maybe not for the whole game, but for a good period of like twenty minutes or so, um, I felt like we were. I didn't feel like Strasbourg were posing a lot of threat threats and. Um, when we got the goal, we looked quite comfortable. I, I thought it was more kind of like about sort of ten, you know, fifteen minutes after into the second half, we kind of just sort of reverted back to our old ways. I don't know. Did you guys 
ever feel that the game was looking um, like it was going quite well for Marseille at all? I'm with you on that one, actually, uh, Steph. I think um, we looked okay. The Jamad guy thought would be enough. Um, but then we just, yet again, we just drop it. We just drop a bollock in the second half. And I may add something on Ben's mention with the swing in the players. The lack of time that Randovic got for uh, until really about March was disgusting as well. It's like it's like Georgie Shaw in that in that club. There's so much pettiness, it's unreal. It's like he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing it, he's saying this about this, he's doing this. Jesus Christ. Pick your strongest lineup. Forget forget personal feelings towards each other. Just get on with it. Pick the fucking best side. Yeah, get some consistency. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, I, yeah, I think I do think we we look decent for spells of the game. Um, it's it's just always strange, you know. We'll, we'll look back at this Balotelli situation, and, and you know, it's it's been a bit of a joke. Let's face it, but that but that's for another discussion for another day. But um, you know, he he plays pieces of games. Um, either because he's injured or, or he's unfit or he doesn't feel like it. Who knows? Um, and then, and then, when he is on the pitch, he he is a bit of a dead weight tactically for this team because he doesn't he doesn't track back. So Jamal has to do all that running around. Um, and and as you mentioned, it it it, did, it went all right. There were periods, especially towards the end. We could, I, I think we were close to nicking a winner towards the end. Um, it, it could have come from from anywhere. Kalitakar hit the post, didn't he? I believe. Um, I think just after our opener um, from a, from a header. So it. It's one of those where it could have gone either way, really. And, and if we'd have won, we'd all be here talking about, yeah, it was all right. It was a decent game. Weren't expecting that, but we'll take the three points. But if we lose, mm-hmm. we, we'd, we'd all be saying, hey, you know, we saw this coming because that's what we were all expecting, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I also don't get why Garcia let Balotelli off midweek to go to Brescia. I know Brescia were going to go into Syria and I know it's going to be wonderful. But for fuck's sake, we had a game Friday. Why let him off on Wednesday? Ah, mate, it's, it's behind the scenes there. I, I, that, it, does, it does seem like he's negotiating his moves there, isn't it? That, that's what it comes across like. So you're saying that, because I, I wasn't aware of this, um, you, you're saying that yeah. Balotelli travelled to Brescia before the game? Yeah, we've seen all his Instagram stories. Isn't he? he was in Brescia. Mm. But is he not from Brescia, though? Um, is he not from around that I'm, area? I I'm not sure, but he, he, he is. He is. Yeah, that's sorry, guys. It's, it, that is the, the first team he played for in Italy, and that's where he got his professional start, etc. But that's where he grew up. Isn't still, it? No. still. I mean, you don't learn about midweek. You don't learn about. No, yeah, no way. If, if 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 you're if you're proning a message and, and you're you're talking to the press and you're trying to say to the players, guys, <clears throat> it's not over till it's over. Especially him as well. He's the one that came out and said. Oh, I played at City. We won the we won the league title on the, on the last day with the last kick of the season. And if if you're coming out and seeing, sending saying those things in the press, and then at the same time you're swanning off midweek when you know we've 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 got allegedly, according to your own words, we've got a very important game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't look great, especially with with the rumours abounding that, that they are probably making a move to try and re-sign them if they get promoted. So it, it's just. You know, it doesn't surprise me because, for, as we know, Rudy gives gives the players three or four days off a week. I'm not even sure when they do fucking train. To I be know. Honest, so they're so lazy. It's unreal. Yeah. They're like skiving school children. For goodness sake, train at least three or four days away. Not give them four days off. Nah, well, but, uh, you know, you, we said a few weeks ago. 
um, on the podcast. Um, we talked about how Patrice Evra had, had made comments about how the training regime was much stricter at West Ham than it was in Marseille. And we said at the time, I think on the podcast, that we didn't think we didn't really put too much weight on that. But we've we kind of seen in recent games that we physically, athletically, we've not looked up to you know, the standard of our opponents in some mm. in, in, in encounters. Whether or not that we talked maybe last week that, that was a mentality thing or not, but when you're talking about things like Rudy Garcia giving players extra time off, it don't look good, does it? It, it? It's not, when you add it all together, it's not looking great. Yeah, it's just weird. And and I, I, I can I can wholeheartedly now, you know, you track back and you look at Everest comments and it's, it, to, to, to not put too much shit on, on Rudy... Again, I think this is more a league out problem. I don't think it's specific to just Marseille, um, and I think you you will see it with. I think it's a common thing with French managers. I think you see it a lot in the Premier League as well. When when you get the usual managers like Sam Allardyce and Alan Pardew doing the rounds of every club in, in, under the sun, you know they, they've got a reputation for for just being managers that grind out results, etc. But who's who? When when they get players that, that have, are either international players or have played for big clubs, they get slated because they say this guy's a joker. You know, the training sessions were, were a joke. Um, so I, I think it's more to do to, with Ligue 1 than it is with Rudy Gasser just himself. Um, however, yeah, it is it is frustrating because you, you look at it and you go, you know, when when we think back to the last time Marseille actually played football, which was with Bielsa. You, you could tell that they were fucking working in training. You could tell they were sweating. They were working like pigs. Um, you know, players like Benjamin Mendy, etc., made heaps of progress because they were learning the actual, you know, brain side of football, not just not just how to kick it. And yeah, and, until I, 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 you know, I probably get slated for saying this, but I think that unless we get a foreign manager in, if we go for another French manager, it'll be more of the same. I just think it's it's, it's systemic in, in this league. Right. Um hold that hold that thought for now, guys. Um I just want to go back to the actual game. Um a couple of things to discuss about the match. Um firstly just the goal. Um it was quite a nice goal, wasn't it? Um I, I thought like Brilliant. really good finds from Germain and the build up play was really good. Balotelli, I think twice within the build up had sort of held the ball and sort of flicked it yep. off to someone else. It was really impressive. What, what one of our goals this season? I think it's it was one of the best goals we scored this season. Yeah, yeah. Full credit, full full credit to Alou It was a good goal, and again, like I just said earlier on, stop criticising him. It's given him his chance. He he scored a great goal. He's been playing really really well, and this one will probably be our goal this season, along with what Payet did against Gangob. Yep. Yeah. No. No. It's, um, uh, yeah. Again, on Jamal, I agree. Ed. I think you know. I think he's he's proven a lot of critics wrong th- these last few weeks, as as included, some of us included. You know, long may it continue. I think that we we're finally playing what seems to be a system that you know, if it doesn't <laughs> produce many goal scoring opportunities, and we're still frustrated at the performances of other players, it's it is helping him shine since Balotelli arrived. Let's that that, that can't be ignored. It's probably. Been our best player, yeah, over the last sort of four or five weeks, the last month or so. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Same here. He put he put yeah. his gra- he put his graft in. I mean, he was the only one who really tried against PSG when we got bumped. He tried. He scored a good goal against Gangnam, and again on Friday he scored another one. 
how many players can you say have put in as much effort as him in the past few weeks? Yeah, even, even in yeah, even in, in his link-up play, I just think he's he's quite important to the team. And on 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 Friday, you know, he was instrumental every time we went forwards. Um, it, it, rather than because because we had that different system where we weren't playing, you know, with with the wide players necessarily on the wings in the four-three-three sort of formation that we play, or the four-three-two-one or whatever it is. Um, it, yeah, it, you could just tell that he has become. He's almost like the, the the playmaker. He almost sits where Dimitri Payet sat last season. And on Friday, I think that he he certainly put in a good shift, and he had quite a few chances to um you know to, to participate in the build up, and he was important for some of the moves we did put together. Yeah, I'm I'm I've never been one of the sort of Valère Germain haters. I've always liked him. I've always been really fond of him as a player. I think he's got his place in the team and the squad. Sorry, he's got a role to do. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily start him because um, I don't think he's you know in terms of quality is the is is the best you know is it should necessarily be in a first eleven. But I think he's always got a role to play somewhere, and um, I really do appreciate a lot of his work and his movement and. And some of the, you know sometimes like just some of his the moments that he produces or can be quite special. I I do kind of he reminds me and I know a different style of player, but he reminds me of the kind of role that say um, Ben you'll probably remember uh, Mikael Pagis played for us about ten yeah. years ago, yeah. and one he of the greats. He wasn't the most outstanding player, you know, um, conventional player, but produced some great goals and great. In important moments, you know, and he yeah, he, 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 he was very he elegant. Job. Yeah, well, yeah, he, elegant. he was a bit more technical, I think, than um, Germain maybe, but he just he was a player that was like he just he had a he had a place to, in that team, you know, in that squad. He had a role to play, and in certain moments, he he was important, and I kind of like I appreciate him as a bit of a sort of cult hero, I suppose, and I think a Germain could be that player as well if everything else was going around him everything else in the team was going better then we would maybe appreciate Germain more you know and I think when we aren't doing well he he's often targeted he's scapegoated as a player who maybe doesn't have you know the quality of some other players in the team or um you know or that we should be um striving for to, to possess within a squad and, and I think true. yeah it's a, little, it's a little bit harsh you know no um, because there's plenty of players in the team that have the quality that like Payet, for example, um, who aren't performing, you know, or aren't, <laughs> they don't put a shift in, you know, that let you down in different ways. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see that form from him recently, and um, I hope that it continues. I, I don't think he'll be a player that will be sold in the summer. I think he's a player that will stay for another year or two. That's my personal we, thoughts. We, and we I think need, it, yeah, we need players like him to stay at the club, and, and you know, I think Monaco losing him was, you know, was was one of the big, um, big sort of shifts in, in their seasons yeah. certainly last season and, and this season you can tell that um, I think well they, they allegedly tried to bring him back didn't they in, in the in the January transfer window or, or, or in the summer so I think I agree he's one of those players he's important in a tactical system he plays as a support striker he gets his goals like Pagis you know he pops up now and then and goes on a good run of form and does score some great goals um, but yeah, he, he's important to a system, and, and I think that he's now earned his place. And, and now we're playing to his strengths. We're playing with a second striker for him to run with, and, and for him to, to sort of you know play off of. And it, it's just frustrating that it took 
Rudy 18 minutes to realise that. And we never, I don't think we ever started him and, and Mitroglo together, um, and, uh, which, which is frustrating. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I mean maybe the two of them might not have worked for different reasons in their styles, but you never you never know. It would have been interesting to see more. Um, now, um, just going back to the game, actually, um, I think we want to talk about right the penalty actually because um, it was kind of more or less if things were going okay, um, and then we gave away the penalty, and that was you know we we lost the goal. Um, what did you think of the actual incident and? Um, Rami getting caught short and and fouling the defender. Are you um, as angry as some fans online seem to be about about Rami's mistake? I think um, we could all wear Marseille tinted sunglasses and try and deny it was a penalty, but it wasn't. It was a penalty. Um, but again, how many times has Rami cost us points, cost us games? I mean, yeah, that was his the fourth penalty he's conceded this season. Yeah. Him alone. Yeah, if you look back at as early as August when he was against Monaco, if he had Monaco, what happened was he nearly get, gave them a point or even three if we had not fought back. I don't know how this guy got into the World Cup squad. I don't know how he gets into the uh, French squad. He's not good enough. Yeah, he doesn't I, anymore. I think I think a lot of the players last season were, were playing over. You know, they, they were overperforming. He was one of them. I think he's 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 a good character, and that's why he was in the squad because he needs, you know, from what from what I've gathered, he was the sort of the clown and and the always the guy that's always merry and always always encouraging the other players etc. in the squads. Yeah, he yeah, plays like yeah yeah plays like a clown. Yeah, and he's he's just he's just been so stout. I think he's he's mentally he's been extremely fragile this season, and, and I I don't give a fuck about him having a burnout when he's earning three hundred grand a week a year. A month, sorry, but. Um, yeah, it, it was a clear penalty. Um, it, it was. It, it's made even more frustrating by the fact that we we played five, you know, five at the back or three at the back to avoid getting caught short and getting cut out like that. And um, even more frustratingly, was fucking Mondanda finally saved the penalty, and, and they they nobody... just a surprise. Yeah, and, and, and well. He's not saved. I think he's, that was the first one he saved in the last nine or ten he's faced. But, but fucking everybody's standing still. The minute the penalty's taken, there's two straggler players can can get two shots off before the third, our first player runs into the area. And it's like it, we we again. Yes, it was a stonewall penalty, but it's it's more than Rami because it's it was Rami or it was Kalitakar. It could have been anyone that, that got caught out of position. Um, it's it's just. It's the, it's, again, it's the game management and the lack of game management where we're leading in a very difficult place to lead and, and to hold a win. And yet again, we, we just let the other team, through, through a lapse of concentration or a, a complete lack of, of effort and, you know, sort of pushing on and trying, kicking on and trying to trying to take this game by the scruff of the net, we let the other team back in it and we get punished by an individual mistake every time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, OK, so um, I think... With that, we'll probably try and move on because we've got quite a big game coming up next weekend. Um, just to say that the uh, after drawing with Strasbourg on Friday night, um, Saint-Étienne have actually beaten Monaco um, today. They came back from behind and won. Uh, I understand. Let me just check that because they were playing as we were as we were podcasting, but they were winning three. Yeah, they did. They won three-one. Yeah, they won three-one. Three-one. Okay, yep. sorry. Um, 
And um, no, it was not three two. Three two. Oh, sorry. Um, Monaco, sorry. Monaco scored at the end, but um, so yeah. So and Montpellier, I understand as well, have actually jumped above us in the table in goal difference. So we're actually now sixth place. So we're not only. I mean, we're not fifth place. Doesn't really matter anymore anyway because we're not going to get in the Europa League. But um, but it's just. It's getting quite disappointing, isn't it? Just that you know to finish a lot lower than we probably um, would have expected to, and particularly in a season where you know Monaco had a poor season. Leon have been pretty inconsistent. The top three was for the taking this year. We had a really strong squad, yet we are going into the season, and you know, well, arguably more so with the addition of Balotelli in January up front. Um, it's shocking that we couldn't, you know get into the top three given the, all the opportunities that were there this year but um hey oh um we can talk a little bit about that um later on um so um yeah so just going forward to next week we're, um it's the the match against leon um so um huge derby um not one that we've had a good record in over the years and um, how do you see this game going uh it's gonna depress me to say this but I think 4-1 Leon. I really do. I just do not think we're going to take our chances. I do not think we're going to get anywhere near that goal. But a fluky cor- from a fluky corner, I think Leon are going to tear us apart. 4-1 Leon. <laughs> Whoa, wow. That's brutal. <laughs> wow. Um, At home. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've, you know, Lyon have smashed us over the years at home, but this, this was back when they had the Janinho team and, and you know, he, he used to score free kick with penalties. So I, I think, I think that the message will be conveyed to the players. This game, you know, third place, we know it's dead. We know fourth place is probably dead. Um, this game is, is still extremely important for us going into next season. And, it's if we were to to you know draw with Lyon. I know they're playing Lille later tonight, but if we were to prevent them from winning, and and mm-hmm. and they didn't win tonight, Saint-Étienne are in third place now. And if Lyon were to not, if we were to play a part in not in Lyon not getting Champions League football next season, it'd be extremely important for for our competitivity next season in Liga with regards to trying to catch up and bridge the gap to the, to this team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all know Saint Etienne. Yeah, I, I hate to say it for, for French football and, and league game, but you know, if, if they do get third place and they draw a, a Napoli or you know an Inter Milan or something, they're they, not going to they, qualify to the they're Champions They're not going to qualify, no. so they, they won't pose much of a threat to us financially unless they get a very lucky draw and, and they they have a big big summer transfer window and, and they actually go for it, which they could as well. And I'd, I'd like well, to see that. It's worth mentioning, though, that Ren, you know, won the cup last week, and they've been talking about spending sixty million euros well, we'll in the see. summer. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, whether it's... or not that happens in practice, I, I kind of find it hard to believe. But yeah, it's Ren as well. It's, it is yeah, They've got an owner that's got a lot of money, though. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the, richer than uh, the Frank McCourt is. Yeah, he's richer than Frank yeah. McCourt. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's way richer. Yeah, he's got twenty billion or something, but he's he's not invested a penny. So it's well, he's, he has invested many, but he's not invested. You know, certainly hasn't invested to the levels that McCourt has invested since he's arrived. In terms of, they've not gone out and signed anybody for thirty million. But yeah, I think you know, back back to, to the game against Lyon, it's extremely important for us to to take this chance to fuck them over, stop them getting Champions League football, 
stop them from from attracting you know Champions League level players and and put ourselves in a position for next season where we can actually try and compete with them for signings for the manager as well because God knows how how not getting Champions League football would affect their, their managerial appointment. Um, even though I think that that might be set for Laurent Blanc, so I, I'd like to see us give it a go. I'd be happy with a one-one draw, just just to fuck them over and and to say we played our part in in at least you know we turned up for that game. It should be a full house as well. I think we've sold over. They they say yeah. they've got they've got fifty-eight thousand tickets sold for it. So you know it's the last chance of the season for the players for a redemption. And if we beat Lyon, at least. You know, we, we won't have such a bitter taste in our mouth or even if we don't beat them and we don't lose against them, it, it'll just be an improvement on the mood of the recent games against them, but also an uplift because we'll be able to, you know, to rub their faces in the fact that they probably won't get third place. Yeah, do you, and so do you think that they'll get the 1-1 draw? No, uh, I think Ben's on clan cuckoo land on that pick. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, uh, you never know, mate, you never know. Yeah, yeah, but so... And pigs will fly and Christmas will come in August. Lyon, be... Lyon. I mean, like, they, they've historically performed well against us always, and that's that's mostly because we've been our own downfall and, and we've, we've fucked ourselves in those games. But well, you know, see... they are they are capable of, of dodgy results as we have seen. In yeah, the last few weeks, yeah. So. I agree. I, I think whatever happens, it'll probably be quite an exciting game. I don't think it'll be as one-sided as you think, Ed. I think that um, I, I think they could. I think there could be a lot of goals. I, I would probably go more for a 2-2 draw actually um, this one I just think that I know like if it was in Lyon I think we'd get beat 4 nothing. but I think um, uh, Lyon also been a bit shaky at the moment the game's in Marseille I would expect our players to be riled up for this game and to show a bit of heart for once no exactly it's their last chance of the season isn't it it's it's going to be the last full house for the end of the season, so. And maybe if Laurent Blanc gets announced as a new the young coach, we'll see an effigy of Laurent Blanc this time <laughs> from the, the, the goals. I, I was actually at that game that, that when that happened. Funnily, it was absolutely incredible atmosphere. <laughs> it was venomous. That was venomous. That was bad. <laughs> was that the foul? Was that the Valbuena yeah. game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was, oh, that was sick. That was when they got that effigy. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah, it was but, a bit harsh. A bit harsh. Yeah, no, though, but, yeah. no, it was, it was a bit bit, harsh. But... Yeah, it was. It was harsh. But the best bit was when the ball boys were cheering on the ultras to fling flags at Valbuena at the corner. It was hilarious. That one. Do you know, like before the game, like they set like behind the goals, like they 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 were just setting fires and having paper fights and all sorts. It was just. <laughs> yeah, it was a feisty game. It was yeah, and they stopped. Game. They stopped the game for like four, like half an hour in between, didn't yep. they? And they brought out the the right police. And I was there with my my partner, um, and we were just like, oh god, like is this going to turn into a riot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was impressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bet, she bet bet before she she knew she knew what to expect. She lived I, in Marseille and all that. Bet, I bet she got a tw- Tinder account restarted after watching that. I bet like, oh god, I don't want to be with that again. <laughs> <laughs> she she knows she knows the club well. She's she knows the city, so she's not shocked by any of it. Like, uh, but okay. Yeah, no, it was really enjoyable. But um, I don't think this game will be like that because we don't. That game was at a crucial time in the season, and I think Michelle had only just taken over a few games. The car the car crash hadn't really started yet. As yeah, as I you remember know. we had we had some dreadful players carrying wreckage. Well, he's doing Rome. all right in Germany, apparently. Yeah, he's doing what? all right. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I've seen I've seen rumors that Big Cobb's not like looking at him. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I think he was harsh on Rekic. I mean, look, he never got put in the right dispositions, and look, we we we're all slating Coletta Carr, and he cost twenty million, and Rekic cost us five. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to spit on Rekic. You know, he, he did I, what I mean, he did. I mean, yeah, he's good. <laughs> I mean, who he's else not he's have? not Champions League standard player. No. I agree with who you. Did, yeah. Who else did we have? Alessandro. Oh, mate, we had we had so many. Disgusting, I like Alessandro. Yeah, I like him. We're, we're, we're Remy Cabella and I was the only that was the only signing I, I like got. him as well uh, there were so I, I many disgusting loan signings I mean we had Isla who was alright we had the Chiglie Lucas oh, Silva Lucas Silva Lucas who's Silva. Tipped, who's tipped to be great and they'd never actually yeah, played yeah but part of the problem with that team wasn't so much that the, the players weren't good it was just that it was very it, it was just like a bunch of randoms put together and it hadn't been yeah, really thought yeah, together with much strat, yeah um, but I no, I mean some still of those still have like, better results than we we have this season. <laughs> they cut more points and more wins oh, and yeah, lost less absolutely. games. Absolutely, and like some of those players, like you know, you talked about the Ed, like Cabella, Cabella, and Alessandrini. I'd happily have them in the squad. They they they, they at least they had some creativity, which is something yeah. that we don't don't have right now. When I will agree, Tovan can, can I will score. Pai can create when he wants to when he's playing or wants to play. But the rest of them. It's just a campus, and everyone just running up and punting the ball, like oh, crossing sure. it in, hoping for the hoping for the best. We don't have, we seem to, we do lack a bit of kind of, um, you know, creative sort of genius at the moment, if you can call it that. A oh, we we, we yeah. were just over reliant on Paya individual exploits last season, and and Tuval and, and you know, it's 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 now pretty obvious that the, the game plan last season was get the ball to one of those two and wait for the magic and. You know, the, the lack of game plan is now completely exposed because they're both out in very poor form, and um, you know we, we're just getting we've just been sussed out by other teams as well. They know what they know what Hudigasta is going to get his team to try and do, and, and he's just very poor at it. So, um, yeah, just just final note on the Lyon game for me. Um, again, <laughs> other Marseille fans will probably slate me, but you know I'm I'm, I'm over the PSG rivalry. I mean, it, you know it's it's big rivalry because with two of the biggest most mediatised clubs in France but Lyon is, is, is my rival it has been in the last sort certainly in the last sort of eight nine years because we we just can't compete with PSG in the league so you know Lyon Do you think it's most, mostly though because all us just sort of winds us up it so is much? And, and look even the fans we wind them up I mean we you know I, I was at the Europa League final last season in their ground and, and you know we were constantly chanting and rubbing it in his face that we were going to we are going to win it <laughs> in his ground but um, they, they are our rivals. They are they are the ones who we, who we compete with in terms of chasing the Champions League spot. And you know, Monaco have fallen away, and <laughs> interestingly enough, aren't safe from getting relegated yet, which could be very interesting. Um, well, but PSG yeah, might become a rival soon anyway in the next few years because it looks like they might be getting getting dumped by their owners. Yeah, probably. But you know, Jeez, to be fair. <laughs> To be fair, a yeah, good journalist reported in Sid Lowe. Um, oh, I hope the PSG lose their owners. That will be hilarious. Because then all these private jets will be lining up at Charles de Gaulle Airport. Neymar will be off. Mbappe will be off. Cavani will be off. Veriati will be off. They'll all be flying away. They'll be like, nah, it's off this. But um, I should tell you, I have a, a Leon student in my class at university. I tell you what, they wind me up. But when we lost Andres you in the cup, they w- wouldn't let it go. They just had the whole class laughing at me about it. It was 
So I hope we just beat them and wipe the smile off his face. Yeah, they, they certainly are. The, the banter rivalry and, and the sporting yeah. rivalry. And, and I, I, I fucking hate this club. I hate Olas <laughs> and I hate their players and I, I just, you know, I hate everything about them. I don't. I'm not a big fan of some of the. I'm not keen on some of the fans, and PSG have a similar yep. um, faction of fans as well that are very far right, um, known oh, for like. We saw him uh, doing Nazi salutes, didn't we, against Manchester exactly. City? A fan, a fan got arrested, and it's just it's out of order. I, I talked to my dad about this before, though, and he said it's always been that you know for years and years. Um, these two clubs of uh, Leon. Uh, as well, I've had this element. It's not ne- yeah. ne- well. Leon's you know, city is um, is very far right. So yeah, it's, it's not something. It's just occurred in the last two three years. It's been no. there for a. It's all. It's been there for a long time, and that's one of the things that you know um, the Marseille fan base is quite you know very different from the, you know the, we, we don't really have that element to you know to our supporters and yeah, and thankfully so. Uh, uh, Oh, Lass is, is a great wind-up merchant, you know. He's gonna, I, I hate him, and I hate the club, and I'm, you know, I'm a bit jealous of their youth set-up, I must admit, but I, I, I just I just think that we've too too often, La Brune and, and coaches and other people have played into his game and responded to him. Um, I think La Brune fucking embarrassed us when he when he tried to produce this, this, this dossier about how many dodgy refereeing decisions they had over the season and, and stuff like that. And it's like... Mate, they were a small shit club. They were a small shit club. They won seven league titles, and now now you're just giving in time in the papers. With you know, stop talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> Leave them alone. Right. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think we better move on actually from this game just because we've got a few things to talk about. Sorry, before we finish, and I know we'll have plenty to talk about it next week. Um, hopefully, hopefully very smugly, but we'll see. Um, so um, just a couple of news stories, just to to cover um the i don't know if you guys had a chance to see what was in what um what was published in uh, la provence um today um so there was a, some you know um, you, interesting suggestions i guess put forward about what's going on with McCourt and i plans that he's got in terms of ringing some changes in the club um what are your thoughts on this well it's, well, it's, about, Frank, it's about time yeah <laughs> Well done, Frank. You finally smelt the coffee, mate. Just a bit late. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, well, no, he's, I, again, I think he he's given these two the two year plan. The two year plan failed. Um, you know, you, he, he's he's American. He's he's always been a bit of a ruthless business manager, from what from what I understand as well. Um, yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's it's like all of us. And, and look, you and me, if we go to work. And we have a manager who's shit. As as a, as a player or a member of the team, you're not going to pull, give it your all and give 100%. And I think you know, I think that's now become extremely apparent for some of the players. And if if your MD is a cock or is a clueless buffoon who who goes around making stupid comments that yes, granted, do get taken out of context, but <laughs> he he doesn't come across as a boss or someone who controls the club and and, and manages the players and, and keeps them in line. Um, yeah. Are you talking about? I'm Garcia? talking about Hero as well. Um, I, I just think Hero. that you know it's it's like any any company really, and that's the way McCourt will look at it. I, I think at the end of the day, he'll take the view that you know the strategy's not worked. You need you need a new MD and a new manager, and you need to re-motivate that team and, and blow some new life into it. So we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, though. Hmm. Yeah, but if we were a company, there would be a trade union, and they would have declared a vote, no confidence in both figures by now. Mate, this is, uh, this is France, mate. Everything's still possible. <laughs> yeah, still possible. Yeah, indeed. Let's stick the U2 out against Montpellier, just for shits and giggles. 
Um, I, you know my views on Jack Henry. You know my views on Rudy. They're both incompetent. They are both the Chris Grayling and Liam Fox of French football. Idiotic, daft, and just ridiculously bad as man, man management. Like Great said, analogy. Great yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be interested to see where um, if if this does actually happen. I think, and so they're saying on the twenty fifth of May. I guess that's the end of the season. He's going to maybe make some key decisions. Um, and if that does actually happen, and Ero and Garcia do get the chop, whether Zubi Zereta is also included in that pack or whether he gets off, I would assume that he would go with the two. I, I think he's biding his time, yeah. I, I don't know. know. I think that maybe Arsenal will come calling through him or someone will come calling through him and I, I wouldn't blame him to jump ship unless he gets guarantees that he stays around and, and gets given a bigger role in the club. I'd, I'd personally like him to be the new president because he knows football and he's the only one who's got credibility. President? Yeah, why not? Why not? He's the, you know... Well, I think, is there not like this business... Element of the rule as well. There is, but you know, you can you can get advisors for that. I mean, look at um, look at Arsenal with Raúl Sanlelli and and you know other other, other ex Barcelona people in in the staff. You just get three or four of those figures, and you get someone for the business side, and you delegate that to someone because clearly Eero is is incapable of of giving that well, putting a good image and a good spin on that. I think we are doing some good initiatives, um, but it's. <laughs> Let it, it's something needs to change and, and it starts with the boss you can't you know this is football it's not it's not like a FTSE 100 company where you can sack half the workforce and, and recruit more experienced people so you can't we can't sack all the players we can't swap half the team out even though we might have to depending on who goes and, and what budget we have and, what, and how much money we need to, to bring in due to the, the, the sort of shortfall in earnings but you start at the top and in football you get a new manager in, and, and I still think this team is is top three quality for this league, especially as poor as this league has been. We've just Garcia and Ero between them have have not gotten the best out of them. Why don't we have? Why don't we have? Eric, if you're talking about the that president role that needs to combine football knowledge and business, why don't we get Eric Tomeko in? He knows a bit about life outside of football. I mean, he used to. Nice. He's a cool hero, mate, but he's, you know, I don't think he has credibility on, on the business side of it. I mean, well, well, who do you suggest then? Because I don't think Zuberetta's got much experience via business. Um, no, but I mean, I, I mean, just, I just mean the image and I mean the credibility and, you know, Zub, look, Zuberetta played for Barcelona. He's, he's a Spanish international legend. He, he then, you know, managed Barcelona, managed some key deals there. I think he's, you know, Dimeco, let's face it, is, is a bit of a pundit, but that's about it, really. He's not hailed the role in football professionally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of getting some, you know, old legends in. I mean, I that is a Yeah, I think they, they, they only but, Yeah, they've got to be up so. to the job, isn't it? They've got to know. So I, I don't know how do you know whether they, they are up to the job. You know, you don't really know unless they've been somewhere else well, and done a similar job. How the fuck did they, we... You just give yeah, them a how punt. How the fuck but, did we end up with their own? Clearly that was a punt, wasn't it? Because... He came from outside of football, no previous football experience. Yeah, but isn't the president position a bit more like that? Yeah, no, I guess it's it? corporate, it's usually, but it's usually still, you know, I think if you if you're going to structure a club from top to bottom that is focused on the football side and, and the business, you know, the results on the pitch dictate how well the merchandising does and how well, you know, how much you sell at the stadium and how full the stadium is and all of that. So. I think it flows from from having that that culture from top to bottom of the club, and we're not a big club to the point like a Barcelona or Real Madrid where you have a president who is a businessman. Um, I still think that 
we'd benefit from having a president who's got some credibility in the game, has held the the, the role elsewhere. So um, we, we actually had the chat about this in our own nation, um, London group, WhatsApp group yesterday, and, and people were suggesting, I don't know, the, the Nice president who just left, Jean, Jean-Paul Ribert. Yeah, I've said it, I've been yeah. on this pod several times, and I was about, I was waiting for you to finish, <laughs> I was going to say, you know who my suggestion yeah. is, it's uh, Jean-Pierre Rivert and um, Fournier. Why not? For yeah. the, Why not? Um, but again, there's... there's... And I, do you know what? And I was thinking, I've, I'm, I think I might have the final piece of the puzzle for the managerial position, and I would not have said this a year ago, but... He's proven me wrong over the last year. Gautier. Oh, Marseille, it, it born, be, born yeah. and bred. He's had a great season with, um, and he's shown, because he managed the centre 10 team that were always very defensive and, and safe, and he's shown with a Lille team that, without a lot of experience, very attacking team, that he can play um, exciting attacking right, football you, as you've well. Got, you've got to entice him. Yeah, you, look, it'd, be, it'd be the only French manager I go who's currently in the league. Or, or Julien Stéphane. He'd come, he yeah, said it. But it's, would, we, yeah, would you, yeah, would you yeah, walk away yeah, from He said him? it before that he's not... Yeah, but why would you leave Lille? Why would you leave Lille who got Champions League football for a team? Marseille. Yeah, but hang on a minute. I would If I was in his situation, I'd stay at Lille. Champions League football, you may never manage at this level again. Why? Not if it's home, home, isn't it? And it's like if you if you if you if you're a supporter, you know, and and it's your hometown, then it's hard to turn down off. Yeah, like that you'd, 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 you'd hope he would get guarantees. Then if he came back, he would want to compete yeah. at the level he has been competing at with Lille. And let's face it, it's not going to be next season. There won't be any European footballs at all next season. So. It's, we're still a yeah. long way away from doing that. Whether he wants to take on that challenge of getting us there and, and starting from scratch, hopefully, somebody's going to do it. Why, um, why not? Why not? Why not Slavin Bilic? I mean, he. We talk about how we we look. We talk about how we don't really want French managers managing this club, and we talk about how much we want Bielsa back. We know, but we know that's not realistic. Bilic turned it around at West Ham. Yeah. He put in a good show at West Ham. They were really top. They were one of the top teams in the Premier League. Slaven Bilic deserves a crack at Marseille. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think. I don't think that would sit with Payet, though, would it? I mean, well, sell him then. Sell he, him. Recently, he, he recently made comments again, didn't he? <laughs> I don't think he's got. He's but he's not got any. Like he's not got a bad relationship with Payet, and he's not got any animosity towards him. I don't think it would be a problem. But Payet's probably going to be gone anyway. But um, I no, I've been. Ed, I think that that's a. You know, if if Belich came, yeah, okay, let's just try him out, see how he goes. We've, I'm not we've got to take that. a yeah, we've got um, to give someone a go. I mean, uh, look, the, the one I would like personally, and after after what he's done this season, would be um, the Wolves coach Nuno Espirito Santo. He's been at Porto as well. Oh yeah, but but he's he got is tons of money. You know, why would he? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, why would he leave? But yeah. I'd, I'd like someone in that breed or Cantacio, who wasn't not the other Portuguese manager who. I think yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be leaving Porto because they won't get Champions League. So they seem oh, no, to they be just good the league, managers, so. the Portuguese. Yeah, don't, yeah. look, Jardim has worked out. Um, Espirito Santo has worked out. Well, they, yeah. they play decent brand of football that, that I think the stadium and the fans would would adhere to in, in the velodrome. So <laughs> I, I want a manager who's gonna who's gonna focus on playing football and, and droit but is our is our motto and that's the way we should play. And if if that if part yeah. of that is McCourt getting rid of, of you know Iro and Garcia, great. But if he brings in clowns again who, who are not football people, I think we're just going to carry on seeing much more of the same. So and, unless we get football people in, I, I don't I don't see us making any progress at all. I just think that um, because of the car crash that's been the last season and the amount of money that he's put in over the last few years, that he might look 
for a you know a safe pair of hands. Um, and that's why I, I, you know, I'm suggesting the nice guys and Galtier stuff because I just think that maybe he'll think, oh, I'll look for some, some, you know, a group of guys that know the league well that can steady the ship, you know, and get the the everything back on track to some degree. They're maybe not going to take us to the, you know, champions project um, level that he dreamed of, but it might steady the ship for a couple of years, you know, um, and and build build some infrastructure that we can. You know, look to to develop, but we'll see. Um, guys, I'm just thinking we should um, move on from this topic because we we know we could talk about this for hours. But there's just a couple other stories, just very quickly. I just wanted to talk about. So one of them was about Tovan. He's been linked to Real Sociedad. No disrespect to Real Sociedad, obviously, and um, to the fans, but um, it's not the kind of club that we six months ago we were expecting Tovan to be linked with in the summer we were expecting him to be you know attracting some some bigger names yeah yeah i mean he's gone from Bayern to ac milan to real sociedad it's like going from kylie minogue to naomi campbell to susan boyle uh real sociedad no disrespect to him but they are not to man's level whoa they're not they're not his level i'm sorry whoa whoa whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. current his current level Yes, they are, mate. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. He, he has been shit. And if, if Sociedad are the only club that are willing to come in and pay for him and, and pay us £40 million for him, then I will sell it. I don't give a fuck about Tavon. Well, it's a, it's a massive... I'm just saying it's a massive fall from grace. This guy is... It's his own doing, though. It's his own yeah, doing. Yeah, I know it's and, his own doing, Ben. I, partly. Ben, I know he's been play, ben, I know he's been playing wanky. He's been causing me to swear like a trooper watching him play. <laughs> I don't see how the... Have you not been listening, Ben? Have you to the not podcast? been listening to me ranting day in, day out? <laughs> I have, mate. I have. Yeah. Uh. I could shout it from the wall to Chester that Turban's shit. That's been the way he is. But Rail Soft Sudan is not his level. I think Ooh. maybe. I think I, I, I think Valencia or Villarreal. You, you say that. Rail Sociedad are not far from getting Champions League, mate. They, they could still get Champions League in La Liga, I think. So. Um, <laughs> No, I looked at them and not. Oh, I, I believe they're actually. No, no I've, I've mixed it up with I someone think else. You're thinking of, um, I don't know who, but no, I had a look. No, sorry, sorry, it's not bad. I, I read something about Torino in Italy, maybe having a chance. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, mixed... okay. Yeah, they're Real Sociedad are eighth. Yep, we, we we know who came from Real Sociedad. You know, look at Griezmann and look at him now, and exactly the similar profile to Tovar. You know, not not sort of. But definitely, it was a different though. age. Griezmann was there when he was young, and he was able you to know, develop. If Tobo yeah. goes there and has a couple of good seasons, Atletico might come in for him. Barca might come in for him. So yeah, yeah but by that point, he'll be like twenty nine. Yeah, 20, 28 or something. Twenty eight, yeah, twenty nine. He, he's closed a lot of the doors, and, and more importantly than Tovar himself and his career plan, I frankly don't give a fuck about. <laughs> he's he's you know he's he's sort of played his way out of the hearts of many Marseille fans recently. Um, it's more, uh, I don't know, mate. It's, it's more for me the impact of where he ends up going and how much money we get for him and, and how much less that is going to be compared to when he was being linked to buying for 60 or 50 million. And if we end up only being able to get 30 million for him, that is going to fuck us over in terms of getting a replacement in, but also in terms of actually building the team and, and not, not getting screwed over by the um the DNCG, which is the you know the financial sort of regulatory body. Yeah, I mean I, I, I agree and um I'm disappointed and I'm 
in his recent form, well, it's really since um, the new year, um, just like you guys. But I'm, I've always been a big fan of Tovan. Actually, from the first when we first signed him, um, I always saw something quite special in him. I felt that he could go on to be, you know, this world class winger. I, 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 really I think he's still can. He could be like a Frank Ribery. Um, and he kind of did for a couple of seasons, but just recently, um, it's yeah, it's been clear that he's. I think he's just heads elsewhere, and he's fed up with the project. But it, you know, you can't as a fan, you can't help but be pissed off that he's not, you know, given it his hundred percent at the moment. Um, but yeah, personally, I would, I, I would like to keep him. I know we need the money, and he's going to go. But um, I, I would rather keep Tovan because I think he is a, a quality player. I know a lot of people criticise him a lot and say that he doesn't show up in the big games. I don't know if I 100% believe that's true. Um, I think I'd like to see Tovan, you know, with better players around him and a better manager. And, Agreed. And, I would, and, then we could, and, you know, playing at a better level if Marseille were getting in the Champions League and stuff. And then we can really see, is Tovan the player that he, well, he was clearly has season, the yeah, ability to play? He's brilliant. That is the frustration, is that we know he's capable. But again, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Ed. And, and sorry, Steph, that if, if we get a new manager in and, and he stays and McCall. You know, he, I think he was talking to him directly when when he spoke to the players last week and said, "I decide who stays and goes. I don't need the money. If I want to put in money or, or sell someone, I'll do it." But that's really refreshing. That could to be you. interesting. I'm pleased to hear that you're that, saying that. that. No, that could <laughs> be interesting. It? I don't want him to. I'd rather he didn't just sell. I'd rather he just went. I'm going to keep investing. And and sell and sell off the the parts that aren't working right, rather than the parts that generate money. But you know, with the the DNCG and the, but we don't need to worry about financial fair play because we're not going to be in Europe. But 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 yeah, with the you know the um, financial um, implications of you know spending more than you you bring in, we obviously they'll have to think very carefully about what they do in the summer. Um, yeah, so Ed, have you got any final thoughts on that? Final thoughts, final thoughts. Yeah, it's, no. it's going to be a disappointment that Turban will probably leave. Uh, I can remember when he came back from uh, Newcastle, I thought he was a waste of time. Um, and that's my honest view. But um, he's played well. I mean, Didier Deschamps would have just picked him for the World Cup squad for shits and giggles. I think he played really well last season. He was instrumental in us getting to the champ, sorry, not the Champions League, the Europa League final. But this season, I think he's just gone just downhill. Um, I don't know how much the comments he made after Bordeaux was the real damper on how his transfer value went from a from Bayern to AC to Real Sociedad. It's it's just a shame, really, and I'm going to miss him. But like you said, something's not right with him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether he's fed up with the city, fed up with his, the project, or is there some sort of personal issue? Who knows? Who knows? That's all I've got to say. Thank you. Um, so, um, just, well, we said that we would have a little look back to the UEFA Cup final 20 years ago. Yeah, sorry. So, it was in the sneaky stadium in, in Moscow, and Marseille were beaten 3 nothing by Parma. Um yeah, I just I just wanted to um, you know have a little sort of chat about that game and your uh, your thoughts or memories or if you you know if you don't remember the chance to look back at uh, at you know at the the game. Yeah, looking back on it, seeing that it was a much fairer time in football. Um, 
you know, there was a lot of teams who could be competitive. I don't think we played that well in the in that final. I think Palmer put played us off the park. But if you think about the team we had back then and the team we have now, you know, that team was chock full of stars. Ravinelli, Perez, Bonk, you know, all players who would have been snapped up by any top club wherever in Europe. And now we can't have that. But I feel that the semi-final against Bologna, the second leg, it was the most bullshitted call I've seen. The The first penalty was fine. The second penalty, we got it in and then it just kicked off with the right police. But I don't think it was started by the players. I think it was started by the overzealous Bologna right place. But you look back on these finals and you look back on those campaigns, you think, what could have been? You know, what could have been if we'd won that final? What could have been if we'd won it five years later, even in 2004? There's a, there's a lot of what ifs. And I feel that we are a cursed club when it comes to European finals. Yeah, it just seems that ever since 93, we just can't get the job done. And it's well, Nate won as well. We lost yeah, that final. Not, yeah, but we, yeah, we rectified that, it in '93. So. No, I, I completely agree with you there. That, um, you know, it had that because that final was our first sort of. It was our first final since we the '93 um, final and the you know the sort of crisis that the club went into. It was the, and it was. A, I don't think it was our first campaign back in Europe. I'm not sure, but um, the it was definitely. Um, you know, like our first re- um, strong European campaign. Again, it was we were back on, you know, the the radar of European football. And you've got to wonder, like, have, if, had we had a successful final, you know, well, could we, you know, well, what, how, how could that have changed our future, you know? Yeah, there would have been a lot of, a lot of different things would have happened. I mean, if you look back the next couple of seasons, Marseille did piss ball and nearly got relegated. What would have happened if we'd won that final and got more money? It's, but the whole season was a, just a what if entirely because we nearly not won the league, but Bordeaux pipped us to the line. We nearly beat Bordeaux to the title, and it was it was a season of what ifs, and then everything and just everything yeah. went down the fucking piss piss pallet so much so that Tappy had to come back in. Well, P- PSG fucked us over, man. It was it was it was yeah. a horrible season, wasn't it? Because it, it it had promise. We were playing decent football. We got to another European Cup final and then we got fucked over by PSG letting 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 Bordeaux beat them quite easily and quite blatantly and then we get we get screwed over by Palmer players sticking needles in their arms two days before the game and, and getting away with it I mean Cannavaro filmed himself getting an injection for Christ's sake and and look they are they are, they played us off the park we were shit as often frustratingly we have been in our European Cup finals we just don't seem to rise to the occasion um, no. but, yeah, it, it, it could have ended very well, and it, and it didn't, and it's a shame. Yeah, so, but they were a better team than us, you know. Oh, they were. They were or not. I mean, you look, look at the players they had. It was just they were a they were an incredible team at that it, time, and at that time, this Serie A was just mega. You know, it was a it was miles ahead of any other league. Um, you know, people talk about the Premiership now, but I mean, I, I mean, Serie A was probably the equivalent now, if not even stronger, I would say. I remember it just, you know, you would watch it and at the week it used to be on Sundays, Channel 4, and, it, you know, you were just in awe of all the players that played in it. It was just, it was something else. And, but I don't, um, you know, Ed, you said that, you know, looking at the Marseille team at that time, there were some great players in that squad, but 
There was also some players in that squad that weren't that great. Like they were just average, you know, league and players. I don't know if they were, um, you know, the they were they were they weren't the finished article, but they were certainly a team where like it was you could see we were, you know, we we built a strong unit and there was something to build from, and it was really. Um, it was really sad that after that season, well, maybe the year after, I think we were in Europe in Champions League, but um, and beat Man United, I believe, um, in the group stage. But um, you know that was kind of like the beginning of a, a downfall, really, and it, the project sort of fell off. Oh, again. It was the end so, of the yeah. yeah, no, wasn't it? And I think that's that's when Robert Louis Dreyfus, God bless his soul, um, had had bought us a couple of years before that, and. I think it was after that season that he started making noises that he wanted to sell the club after only three years. And yeah, it was a strange time. It was a very, very strange time. But yeah, that, that team was certainly a nice team on paper. Pires, you know, some great, some great players in that team. Ravenelli, what a go- what a striker he was. Um, yeah. But it was just... Yeah, I loved Ravenelli. It was just... Uh, yeah, just look back on it and just what certainly would have happened. I mean, five... But it seems that every European... Like I said, every European uh, campaign we go into, we don't. We just seem to struggle. I mean, we can remember ninety. Was it ninety three, ninety four? We were in the UEFA Cup, and Tony Cascarino was up front. You know, we could have if we had some more tools and we weren't financially decimated. Perhaps we could have gone on further. But it just seems that I don't know. We, we're snake bit ever since the ninety three final. It just seems we can't get the job done. Yeah, but we look, well, look at the team we had in that in that final. But yeah, it's. it's you compare it. Look, I think we've got a good cup team where we can make these runs to finals because we we know what the velodrome can do. It's a little bit like Anfield in terms of if you need a win in the in, in the second leg after losing narrowly or getting a away goal in the first leg, you know that the stadium will push the players, and we saw that against Leipzig. But yeah, look, it, we've got to face the, the the harsh truth is if we come up against the Palmers of, of you know who who let's face it. Very similar to the Atletico Madrid we played last year with, with world class players in it, and even and even the Valencia in two thousand four yep. were a top team. And you know, Benitez, um, yeah. we were so, just we were, we came up with our position that was yeah, just and, too and, strong and for us. That's you what know. you've got to expect, and, and it's a shame that we've never had the chance to play in in any of these um, any of these finals. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but even in but even ninety one, the Red Star team we lost to was chock full of. Yugoslavian internationals who turned yeah, out was. to be extremely solid players, unfortunately, sadly we, for we, we the, had a, a the world, country. You know, arguably a world-class team at the time, and, and we had built that team with, with a lot of money and, and Tepi, who knew what he was doing at the forefront as, as the, the business manager and the, and the football person. However, look, we, whenever we come up against the, the Palmers and the, and the Atletico Madrid, we, we will get beaten because there is a golfing class that is huge. Um, just going back to that game against Parma, um, just some last thoughts. Um, you know, for me personally, um, that season, that that UEFA Cup run, because you know, um, growing up in Scotland, I didn't get to see Marseille play in that time. You know, um, very very rarely. Um, and that season, I do was the one season where I remember getting to see a number of games. Um, in the especially in the UEFA Cup run, and like because of they were, I think they were on Eurosport or some channel that was on um, Sky or cable, and friends at school used to tape games for me, and I. Um, so that season I do remember well, and it was a season where I was able to well 
be excited, you know, again about being a Marseille fan, or at least be conf- felt confident in the team again. So, um, yeah, it was quite a like looking back and stuff. It's quite a, it's one of the the teams that I do remember better, you know, than other te- teams over the sort of nineties and um, early noughties, and and at least until I think it wasn't until like two thousand and three or 2004 you used to start getting league and they used to show it late night on channel four channel five i think it was on both channels one year and then the next year you know on the other channel so there was like this was one of the the, the few years i think i remember where like you know as a you know fan outside of france really got a chance to to watch marseille you know um but I don't know. I don't know about you, like you, Ben. Were you yeah, in France? Yeah, I, I or, remember watching. Um, I mean, I, again, I, I watched him of the run. I remember the game against Werder Bremen, the return leg. After we, I think we drew one-one yeah. one with them in Germany, and then needed to obviously beat them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I remember some of the run. I think it was uh, UEFA Cup in France tends to be uh, well, certainly recently, and I think it was back then. Some of the public broadcasters get involved. Certainly, when it gets to the knockout stage, and, and you know, they, they, I think the last season was the WNF, which is the um, the sort of understudy channel, you know, the secondary MC's group channel. They, they were showing the Marseille run in the Europa League. So, it, at the time, yeah, some of the games were on, on public telly. I think the final was was certainly on public TV. I think it was on TF1. Um, and I, I just remember it watching it in France and crying because I was a ten-year-old. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was disappointing. And, and I, I obviously, you know, don't know football like I do now, and still get the same emotion. I did. I did have a little tear last last year when we got battered because it always hurts. But I, I didn't yeah. know football as well as I do now. And, and looking back on it, it is quite obvious that we, we you know, we we weren't the better team, and and we got beat by a world-class assembly of, of, of star players. How do you think I felt, Ben? I was eighteen. I was eighteen. Marseille get Marseille getting dicked by Atletico and crying my crying my eyes out. It was just um, it was just, it, it was heartbreaking. I mean, no wonder I had to have about three or four Jack Daniels to just go to sleep at night. Just yeah, to, it was I just remember the atmosphere back then was a lot different than it is now. I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of us as, as older fans now who who were kids then and have grown up and. I mean, it was it was back in the back in those days. Anything went. I mean, you could you could like flares. That the fans were, were mental. There was still a little bit of of you know hooliganism going on when when you travel to an away European game. Um, and, and Marseille, I think you know it's, it, it, our fans have always tried the best to behave, etc. But then you, yeah. like every fan group, you do get the odd idiot. And yeah, the, the fans were feisty that season. I just remember yeah. them being very feisty. Yeah, can I just um, quickly turn off the subject? It's a fi- as it's another anniversary uh, today. The twenty, is it twenty? Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned the, the twenty, uh, the twenty sixth, twenty seventh anniversary of nineteen ninety two yeah, yeah. Cup, Cup France semi final against Bastille, where eighteen fans came home. Sorry, eighteen fans went to a game and never came home, and I feel it's. It's another awful anniversary. I watched footage of that um, that incident, and it just it just seems so crazy to think they were building that stand just before kickoff, and it collapsed. You know, and it's a disgrace that they play games on the fifth of May for the the families of the victims. They deserve justice, and they deserve not to have a game played on the fifth of May. If they don't want it, then 
The French authorities should not allow it. And I feel it's another thing that we look back on and we think, how was this allowed to happen? How did the French Federation, knowing full well this stadium was not going to be ready, why on earth did they play the game? It's just it's yeah, it's a lot of yeah. It's always sad, and it's a lot of what ifs with all of these these terrible stadium dramas like Heisel. Yeah, it, it, nothing. Even even looking into Heisel now, I mean, there's different causes. There were so many things that had to go wrong from from what happened to happen, um, and it's it it just all, always seems to go that way. And as you say, I mean, it, the, the the safety was overlooked. The, the sort of French league. I think this was still. I mean, we still take so the mild days where they, you know, we know that the FFF and, and the LFP don't take Marseille and, and Bastia being a, a Corsica club very seriously at all. It was even worse back then. They, they you know, they. I think Marseille were taken seriously because Tapi made sure we were respected, but but Bastia certainly wasn't a club where the the, the LFP was doing a lot to give money to and, and help finance and, and help them have a stadium that was that was up to standards. So it's still nowadays that's that that explains why the game is still played on this day. I mean, it's yeah. disgraceful, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, the it's... authorities pissing all over the south of France clubs because they always have and I think they always will. Yeah, it's it's. A... And the other, the last thing I'm going to say on it, it was, it was so unavoidable, it was so needed because the owner of Bastia, Jean-Claude Philippe, who was um, sadly shot two years later, he said, "Please, can we have more time?" You know, and they refused, and they could have easily moved again to the Stade Velodrome. I mean, it's forty, fifty thousand seats; it would have been plenty. Even, for both even sides. a neutral venue, yeah, even a neutral venue. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm sure. I'm like, I think neat. I'm pretty sure the Stade Louis Deux could have done it or Nice's ground could have done it. But no, we played it and then 18 fans didn't come home that night and many hundreds got paralysed from the neck down and they got pretty much nothing achieved. Now, they still play games on the 5th of May and the, the people who built this stand, the people who let this game go ahead, got fuck all. No fucking long sentence, no long fines. I thought they have been disgracefully treated by the French authorities and the French courts and that's the last thing I'm going to say and let's just hope that this never happens ever again that we never have a cup semi-final and we see tragedy like this where we see you know kids screaming people lying under shrapnel and you know just general lack of lack of what's the word I'm looking for lack of care and common sense I mean I mean, it was even the worst fact of the matter is that people had to be flown to the, to the mainland to be uh, taken to hospital. It was the sheer enormity of the of the event, and I think this one will go down as one of the worst in French football history. It's one of the big stains on the FF's legacy, and I feel that this is still not right. It's still not right that we play on the fifth of May. This game should be a day of respect. That's the last thing I'm going to say. About this. Yeah. Order, Greg. Thank you. Order, Greg. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, really good points. Um, and I think, um, yeah, it was really good to um spare a thought for that. Um, and yeah, I think on that note, we'll probably just wrap it up for tonight because we're we're sort of we've run over time quite a bit. Um, we've talked about a lot, but um, really, really important subjects. So, um. Thanks very much, guys, both for taking part. It was really good fun. Yeah, fun as always. Cheers. Take care. Speak soon. Sit back. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Bye.